Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elrod. All right, goal achievers, how are you? It's Hal Elrod. Welcome to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And uh, today we have the author of Destination Awesome, a book that many have described as raw, humorous, and touching, uh, including stories that illustrate how our guest today, how she escaped her negative circumstances. Uh, Amy Moeller is one of those rare examples of a person who grew up in drastically negative conditions, but forged a path to a better life. And I've personally known Amy for quite a few years. And uh, when she came out with her book, uh, I got a copy and I was, I was, really impressed. You know, I didn't, I never thought of Amy as a writer, but I was really impressed with how good her book is. And Amy actually left the trailer park uh, and her limitations behind and started supporting herself and paying for college and being the first in her family to attend higher education. And she knows what it takes to work toward your goals, toward the awesome future, you know, that all of us desire for ourselves. And I know Amy personally, I know where her heart is. I'm excited for today because she's gonna bring her heart, she's gonna bring her authenticity, and it is her mission to share how she went from poverty to profitability, from lonely to lovable, and from angry at the world, at life, to awesome so that those facing challenges, which is all of us, right? I don't, I don't know any human being. If you're not facing challenges, right, check your pulse. Um, but those of us facing challenges, that we're inspired and have the tools needed to create the life that, that you desire for yourself. And in addition to that, Amy runs a successful marketing company. She spends time with her husband, Josh, and she travels the world seeking new adventures. So she's more than a best-selling author. I'm excited to have her. Amy Moeller, are you on the line? I am. Thank you for having me, Hal. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I, just, I like you as a person. So I'm like, this is, hey, we get to have like a conversation for the next 30 to 60 minutes. And that in and of itself, I know, is going to be very enjoyable. So selfishly, I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, me too. Well, you're a busy guy, so hey, anytime I can sit down with you for 30 minutes, it's definitely my pleasure. Anytime I can sit down with you for 30 minutes, I know that. <laughs> I, it, the biz, yeah. Busy, busy is, uh, is it's, it's definitely true. So, well, cool. So let's. Um, I want to hear your story. I mean, I you know I, I know I know part of it. I really don't know. I mean, I guess I know a good amount from reading the book. But um, for our listeners, uh, you know, we're all born with unlimited potential. But I think somewhere along the way, most people resign themselves to settling for a life of mediocrity. And, you know, with your background growing up in a trailer park and all that, it's not like you were surrounded by success. So I think that for you, you had even more, uh, you know, negative influences that, that could have given you that life of mediocrity and let, yet you've risen, you, you know, you've decided to rise above all of it. So talk about your, your, your background, your beginnings and, and how you rose above it. Yeah, for sure. So I know you mentioned quite a bit of it, but essentially what happened was my parents split when I was two. 
I have an older brother, a couple years older than me. So um, when my mom left when I was two, um, my dad was raising us on his own. But my dad had only gone to the eighth grade in school before dropping out. So the only, well, not the only, but the highest paying job he could find was as a cross-country truck driver. But the hardest part of that is now he's a single parent who's gone for a week or two at a time. So he'd be home for a day or two, gone for a week or two. So my brother and I, as toddlers, you know, we're really left in the hands of just anybody that he could find that could keep an eye on us. So other Mm. people in the trailer park or people who just had no other options and needed a place to live and were out of, you know, were out of work or out of money or whatever. And so we're really just in the same vicinity as us sort of keeping an eye on us. Um, But really, that's that's probably the biggest thing is that besides the poverty, which it was pretty severe. I mean, you know, we dealt with all kinds of icky stuff. I was an outcast from school many times being sent home with having lice. You know, I dealt Mm. with cockroach infestation for years and years and years and still to this day I'm like freaked out by all the cockroaches not here but you know if I see them anywhere we don't have them anymore so um but just that kind of stuff you know I you know was even put in a special class in school because they're like oh you're at risk your whole family's a mess like we're gonna put you in this special class and get you away from the rest of the student population for a short time until my teacher convinced them to put me back in regular school but it was just it was pretty crazy but the the big thing was just that it was very lonely. You know, I grew up alone most of the time. My older brother took things pretty hard. So even though he was the only other person that I really had, he at a very young age started, you know, running around, skipping school, getting into drugs. I mean, it landed him in juvenile detention and then eventually jail and things like that. So he dropped out of high school. Um, My younger half sister who came along later dropped out of high school, who lived with my mom, just that kind of stuff. It was very, there's very few people in my family, even extended family who did finish high school. Wow. Um, and I, and again, not many, there's only a couple in my, in, when you look at uh, all across my family members of cousins and distance cousins that even went to college. So, so it was pretty crazy, but yeah, lonely. I think for me, the biggest challenges were I was obviously really lonely and I was so inept. Like I just, other than having, you know, dealing with the neglect and abuse and all sorts of things that made me angry, I was also lacking social skills and confidence. I was invisible and I did nothing to change that for, you know, most of the years previous to my adult years. So I had a lot of growing to do by the time I hit adulthood. Let's put it that way. So uh, I think this is great for, um, I mean, anybody, we, we can all relate to adversity, but I think specifically this, this episode for anybody that, you know, that has maybe excuses that they still live with from their past, right? I think that's, that really, I'm looking at like the underlying, lesson here, the power in this message. And it's that um, you, you you haven't let your past define you. And I'm wondering, did, did you do that for like, was there, you know, w- was there a period? Was there like a point in your life, a defining moment where you went from allowing your, you know, your past, your identity to be like, I'm a trailer park gal or whatever it was? Um, or, or did you always see yourself as better than you were? I mean, what, what, what was that process like for you to overcome that? That's a good question. I think, for me, I guess I was so unhappy that I knew I didn't want to live that way forever. That started pretty young. Yeah. And I didn't know the answer. Like you said, I the thing was I didn't really have the positive role models showing me how, but they were certainly showing me how not, mm. right? So I kind of was just like, I'm going to do the opposite. But I really just focused on school. I think that was my safe place as a, as a young person. I you know, school was the place where, you know, I had teachers that were there every day and it was a clean environment and they showed up and they, you know, communicated effectively. They weren't screaming at each other and cussing at each other and just all sorts of negative things that I witnessed uh, at home. But 
Um, so I think it was like my safe place, right? School was just a place where I could go and it was like the best part of my life. And so I just did everything I could do to excel there so that I had the approval of my teachers. And then I think it was in like fourth grade that one of my teachers said something about college to me, like, you should go to college. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but I'm like, that sounds positive. I'm going to do that. Nice. And so from there on out, I was just the girl going to college. That was my path. Every decision was pretty much made based on that track. So um, you, you went to college and you completed college, yes? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Got it, completed college. And then uh, when did you start, because our background, we know each other from selling mm -hmm. knives, which I know you've, you know, you've done a lot, you know, since we've both obviously moved beyond that in, in a lot of ways. What, uh, when did you get started selling Cutco kitchen knives? For sure. So yeah, the thing about college was obviously I was on my own to pay for it, right? Because my family couldn't really help. Yeah. And I really didn't get much in the way of financial aid. Although I did um, graduate at the top of my high school class, but we had a lot of good students. So the scholarships are pretty divided. Hmm. So, um, so that's when I went to college paying for it on my own and found the direct sales job because that was the job that provided the flexibility and a, a good pay, right? So I actually worked that job all through college and that's how I paid for it. I graduated that free, graduated at the top of my college class. I was one B short of a 4.0 in college, wow. which I only, I didn't say not to brag, but because I was, again, I was so focused on school and that was my way out. And so I really worked hard at school too, but I also worked to pay for school. So anybody who's going through that, I believe you can do it for sure. Um, and then that's where as soon as I graduated, I opened my own company, right? And yeah. so that was pretty much, and I did that for the next 10 years. And it went well. I loved it. I had a great team, you know, of over 100 people. We were winning national awards. Um, you know, I was earning six figures by age 25. That was amazing. That's something that I would have never even known I could do up to that point, you know, before getting into that business. So, um, wow. but probably the major thing for me in that company was that they were so focused on personal growth that that's really where that was the first place I had my positive role models outside of teachers. Like that's where I was, my eyes were open to personal growth and, you know, helping other people and contribution and just all those things. So that's where that path started for me. Got it. Got it. So that was through career. So, so I love yeah. that. So you, you really, I mean, you, you, you found, you you found like you said your safe space at school and you decided hey this is a good thing so I'm going to excel and I think that's so great rather than use you know use your your home life as an excuse uh, and have that victim mentality I think that that that's a, just a major difference is between all successful people that you really are showing though is that you know you decided you would create your own future and not let you know let your circumstances define you. Um, I love that. So what, let, let's dive into some goal achieving expertise. I mean, I, I've seen you achieve amazing goals. You, you just listed a, one of them off, you know, six figures by age 25, right? Pretty incredible for someone that came from the background that, well, for anybody, let alone yeah. someone that came from your background. Um, but uh, what you, in terms of your goal achieving expertise, what are your, your best three tips uh, on what has allowed you to achieve such extraordinary goals that our listeners can apply? Well, my first tip for sure is just making connections with other people. I think our biggest resource in our lives is our connection with other people in any aspect, whether that's just personal and happiness at home or whether that's career or personal growth. I mean, people in my whole life is I can look back and tell you who I learned every skill from, you know, who I learned communication skills from and who I learned how to, you know, sell or whatever, the professional skills, time, manage my time, public speaking, all the things. It was always other people that I'm learning from. Even if you're reading a book, you're still learning from that person's expertise or story or whatever it is. And, you know, all the studies out there show that 
every like there is no bigger decision you can make in your life that affects everything your wealth your happiness your health is the people you surround yourself with so i am really i've gotten so much better at just making sure that i you know when i meet someone i i do my best to try to really get to know them and do what i can to provide value to them and you know just i i really came from an angry place when I was younger of like being untrusting and judging and just all those negative things of myself too, but of other people. And, you know, I've really had to learn. I've come a long way in this time period of growing that uh, now I just realize that, you know, everybody should be treated awesomely. You know, everybody is awesome. Everybody brings value. Yeah. And so it's just all that stuff. So I think, I think making connections is probably the big one. You can't have too many. There's never been a study I've ever seen that said, oh, that guy was doomed to fail. He just had too many connections. <laughs> It'll never happen. So you can I, I never love, have too many connections, for I sure. I love that. And it's funny, I was, I was just interviewed on, uh, on a call, uh, like right before your, you and I got on the line here. And I was interviewed on this call for these, it's this future millionaire kind of coaching program. And, uh, you know, that was the number one thing that I talked about is the most important thing. We've all heard it before. You're the average of the five people you spend most time with, but it's the most under, uh, like it seems like the most under acted on principle, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah. The average of the five people you spend most time with Why like, dude, so what are you doing? What are you doing actively to upgrade your circle of influence and ensure that those five people are people that you want to become, you know, and uh, most people would probably say, oh, well, I, I, I don't really, you know, I just hang out with the people I hang out with and yada, yada, yada. So I think that I'm glad that you let off with that because I think it's arguably the single most important but underutilized success principle, which is to upgrade your circle of influence or as you said, make connections with other people and, and I love what you said you can never have too many nobody said oh he, he's doomed to fail he had way too many great connections right yeah that's awesome. you know what else is funny is I was thinking the other day I don't know if anybody's ever said this exactly this way to me but you could easily um you could easily not hit any of your goals and not that I'm saying that's the case you should do right but you could not hit any of your goals and if you had amazing connections and people you cared for that loved you and all that stuff you would still probably be happy, right? You'd still f be fulfilled and you'd have all those great connections. However, if you hit every one of your goals and you had nobody to share it with, you had no connections, I think that you would still be very unhappy even after hitting all those goals. So obviously the, the best path is hit your goals and have all those connections. Yeah. But I still think connections is the more important part. Yeah. You know? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's uh, my, my friend, Jason Gaynard. That's one thing that he says is that, you know, the, the two things that people can never take away from you are your, uh, your relationships and your word. So never, you know, yeah. always, he's always, always nurture your relationships and, and never tarnish your word. So he sounds like my kind of guy. That's so, right. and then my second piece of advice, I think you asked for two or three, yeah. um, would be choices. And this is something that really helped me. And that's just making sure that the choices that you're making align with where you want to go ultimately. So again, when I was younger, I had that vision of a better future. And if I hadn't, I don't know if I would be anywhere that I am now, because it seems like that's the thing that's missing the most from the rest of my family. They're not bad people. If you rated them only on kindness and friendliness and intention and the way they treated other people, they're really not bad people. They just, I don't think they have that vision for a different future for themselves. And so, but I did. And so every choice I made from pretty early on was really in alignment with that goal or that choice or, or that, uh, you know, lifestyle I had in mind for myself. So anytime I sit down and go, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? It's like, well, will it get me closer to my goal? Will it take me farther away from my goal? You know, I try to make more choices that get me closer than choices that 
could keep me farther away. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a simple but powerful, you know, kind of measuring stick, which is do, do you and most people, they do what they feel like the choices they make are aligned with their emotions, not their their vision. Right. Right. You know, it's like, what do I feel like doing? And then that's the choice that they make. And I think that you're, you know, that simple question of, OK, what can I do today? What's the choices I can make? What can I do that will move me closer to my goals? And by living in alignment with that, that's you eventually get there. So uh, I love that. So make choices aligned with where you want to uh, ultimately go. All right. What, what's your mm -hmm. next tip? And then the last one I have here is um, curiosity. I think just mm. always be, I call it curiosity, but really it's just always be growing and learning, right? I love to learn. I, I constantly, it's funny that we're doing this as a podcast interview because I'm a podcast junkie and my favorite ones are the ones that teach me things that even if they don't, even if I would never use the information, I just love learning interesting things. But, um, but that for me, like the person I was at say 19 years old and the person I am now, probably if they didn't live in the same body, they would never cross paths. They're so different, so different. I wouldn't have the awesome husband I have if I were still the person I was at 19 because we wouldn't even, we just probably would have never had a second look at each other or definitely he would not be looking at me. And so yeah. I had to grow into this, you know, I had to keep growing and I'm still growing. As different as I am, I still have so far to go. So I plan to, you know, we have a very big focus on personal growth. We're always attending new seminars or whatever the case may be, but we just love it and it really has impacted our success level. So that awesome. was my so connections, choices, and curiosity. I love it. Yep. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. The, uh, give me one second to get my notes back in front of me. All right. So uh, your well, what what are your goals now, Amy? I'd love to know what your like. What are the goals? You know, your number one goal first and foremost. But uh, if they're your number one goal, and if there are any other goals that that you're working towards that that you're really passionate about. Yeah, I mean, I won't waste too much of your time because I mean, I have so many goals. Right? <laughs> but, but you know, some of the ones I'm focused on right now, you know, because Josh and I, we we one of our you know fun goals is that we want to make sure we at least travel to one new place every single year, which we do. So that's exciting. But that's not like a business goal. Um, my career goal right now is to, I'd love to present, I'd love to speak to more than 500 audiences in the next five years, in one way or another. I love to speak is my favorite thing because I love. I just love teaching and inspiring and motivating and anything I can do to help other people. So, and I, I find that speaking is the, you get the biggest impact at once, right? Cause it's the most number of people in the room. So I love that people are loving the book cause it's like a one-on-one -on -one thing, but speaking can be a one on 3000 thing for yeah. me in some cases. So I love it. And so that's one of the things I really want to focus on that. Of course, our company is doing well. I want to keep growing that so that we can provide for the employees that we have on our team because we love them to death and, you know, we want to make sure they're getting everything out of it. They want to get out of it. So, yeah, lots of goals. But right now, focused on the book and the speaking. Beautiful. Uh, so I have a couple of thoughts for you. Number one, tell tell uh, tell the listeners, uh, what what is your company that you, that you and I believe Josh kind of co-run, co yeah? Yeah, for sure. Um, the company name is Vast Action, V as in victory, right? Vast Action. So yeah. I think I say fast, like speedy. But um but yeah, that's uh, we do a few things, but coaching is one of the things. Josh is an awesome high-performance coach, doing very well. Um, so coaching, he's in sales as well and uh, coaches people on that too. Um, but we also do marketing for salespeople. So, and not so much to get new customers, but we take the, their current client list and help draft or you know design the communications that go out to those people to help keep that relationship going and provide value. And you know, the repeat business is increasing because of that for those salespeople. So that's pretty exciting. We have a CRM and an email platform they use and that kind of stuff too. So, um, Very so cool. yeah. that's vast with a V vastaction.com. 
Yeah, vastactioninc.com. Inc.com. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, and then your other, uh, speaking in front of, you said 500 audiences. Is that right? Yes. And is there a time frame? Is that like in your yeah, lifetime? five years. Oh, five, five years. years. You said five years. Got it. I like that you've got, it's measurable. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, one thing to consider, and I'll just share this with you. Um, I, uh, you know, I had, like, for, I'm, I'm very similar to you in that speaking is my favorite thing to do, and I feel like it's what I'm best at. I think I'm a better speaker than I am coach, or a better speaker than I am writer, you know, so I do all these different things, but speaking is, A, what I love to do the most, and I feel like it's what I'm the best at. Um, others might disagree, but the the point is, my realization, uh, and I'm just uh, sharing this with you, obviously, what everybody else is listening in, it's our, our little conversation here, but I thought, well, wait a minute, if I think speaking is my greatest way of adding value for people rather than try to get in front of all these audiences and be a keynote speaker which is what I thought you know I meant to be a keynote speaker because that's my favorite thing and that's where I bring the most value I realized wait why would I try to get in front of all these audiences where they get to hear from me for an hour rather than putting on my own live event where if the greatest talent I have the greatest skill I have is is, is communicating you know through my speaking why not have a day or two days with them, right? So just something mm -hmm. to, I'm sure you've thought about that, you're working on that, but just something to think about. That for me was a really big aha was, you know, I'm not meant to be a speaker, I'm meant to be a, you know, a seminar leader, if you will, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, just something to think about. Um, hopefully I'll see you and Josh at Best Year Ever Blueprint this fall. There's a little pressure, I'm, I'm saying it yeah. on the air. Um, so I, I love it. So your uh, great goal, so you've got the, 500 audiences, working on growing vast action. And I love what you said, by the way. Uh, it wasn't about just, and you've said this a couple times, actually. It's not just you've got this goal of growing your company uh, for just you, but, but it really is, and I really believe it. It's about the people that you serve, not just your clients, but also your employees, right? Yeah, absolutely. Talk yeah. about that. Just take a second. Um, how do you view, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in selflessness and like really putting other people's self-interest ahead of your own and going, how can I serve? And, and, and selfishly going, I know if I serve the most, you know, if I serve more and more people, then it's going to help me in the long run, right? Yeah. So it makes it a win-win. So I just, I would love to hear your philosophy if you have one on that, on, um, you know, on purpose or service or how you, like what you view in terms of your mission statement or your business. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'd, I'd love it if you have any thoughts on that. No, it's funny. I hadn't thought about this for so long, but since you bring it up, you know, when I had started my first company and I was new, you know, I was still uh, 21, gosh, at the time. And so I was still figuring things out and still majorly growing. Uh, there, I remember there was a day a couple of years in where I was sitting at my office and I really, it was like the only time where I actually had that moment people talk about where this light bulb goes off in your head, like that, that analogy, so cliche, but it was true. It was like all of a sudden I just had this like ding in my head and it's like the, the purpose of life finally came to me. I know that nice. sounds so corny, but that's no, what I remember. And, um, and what I decided that day was my life is going to be measured based on how many other people's lives I can impact positively. That's what came to me that day. And that's, that's what makes me feel the best. I mean, that seems to align the most with how I, you know, where I would say I am at the core. And so that's what I've been living by ever since. And so that's not just, like you said, it's not just, it's how do I serve my husband? It's how do I serve my friends? You know, how do I serve your listeners by being on this podcast? How do I serve my, the people that work on my team? So yeah, we get very involved. We all know each other very well. We make sure that we uh, get to know them as people, not just, you know, workers popping in and out. Um, we, as a team, do volunteer work together. How can we serve our local community 
Um, I oftentimes will do surveys to our clients just to be like, how are things going? Are you profiting from the, you know, things you're paying us to do for you? Because if it came back to, you know, if I came back and found out that all of my clients were just spending money on us, but they weren't really getting what they needed out of their business, I would stop. I would stop the business I have because I wouldn't continue taking money from people if it weren't serving them. Like, that's just my opinion. So we try to make sure everybody serves each other. And, you know, we know that what we do for our clients serves the production that makes the products that they sell and provides jobs for those people. Like, it's it's a trickle-down thing or trickle-up <laughs> or whatever it is. I don't know. but It's, it's I a win-win-win-win-win-win-win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just know that it goes on and on and on of how many people it affects. And so it's just so important. I love it. I love it. I love. It. I love. I, and I, I love the spirit of authenticity that you that you come from and that you serve. And yeah, that, that's probably why we're, we like each other. We're friends, right? Yeah, exactly. We share that in common. So, on um, the uh, what, what's your? I, I have to ask you, and this is something that I actually it, it, it hit me. Uh, you might be the first person I'm asking this. In fact, it hit me a while back that I was not asking my uh, achieve your goals interviewees about their morning routine. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's what I, I you know, I'm the miracle morning guy. I'm the morning routine guy. So uh, I've got to ask you, uh, Amy, do you have a morning routine, a morning success ritual, if you will, that contributes to your success? And if so, can you, you know, can you walk us through it? You know, it's funny because it's like hard to talk to you about this because you're uh, like the guy that has the best morning routine ever. And I have read <laughs> your book and I have, you know, I've done it on occasion. I just never have committed to your routine as much as I should. Cause I know it'd be super helpful. I appreciate um, you. Once but, again, your authenticity. I appreciate you being yeah. totally open about that. But I will say, so I don't have, it's funny too. Cause I think some of it's cause my schedule, I'm sure you hear this as an excuse, but my schedule is so different depending on whether I'm traveling or speaking or in or out of town or whatever. But, um, so I wouldn't say I have a morning routine. I would say I have sort of routines I do every day at different times, you know, but yeah. for me, it's just stuff like, um, making sure there's some physical activity every day, whether it's yoga or stretching or walking or whatever the case may be. Um, just having some sort of physical activity cause that's so important physically and mentally. And then, um, also I always have my to-do list with me on my phone so that anytime something pops into my head, which is often, no matter what I'm doing, something pops into my head of, Oh, I should do that. I add it. So I don't forget it. Cause when I, before I was adding it, I would forget and then, of course, too, anytime I'm out and I happen to get stuck, which happens a lot, right? You just get stuck somewhere where you're waiting longer than you thought you'd have to or something comes up. Then I, I got my list so I can get something done while I'm waiting, which helps my productivity levels. And so those are a couple of things I do that help me stay right. organized. So for, so for you, it's yeah. I mean, the, the, the importance of, of success rituals is, is still very present. You, you, you might not have the morning yeah. ritual. Um, but you've got the success rituals in place for sure. And obviously that's evident in, in the results that you, you know, that you guys generate. Um, so what's, what's the best piece of advice, quote, mantra, guiding principle, you know, could be in any or all of the above, but, but Amy, what's the best piece of advice that has significantly helped you to achieve your goals that you can share with the, uh, achieve your goals listeners? So many quotes. I'm a quote freak, but I'm just going to give you one actually out of my book. Well, I don't know. It's in my book, but it's one that I say now all the time because it's what I've come to realize over the years with my experience. And that is that I believe you can have an awesome life no matter where you start. You just have to believe and do your part. Uh, That's my story. So I love it. 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 You know, you, um, I, I love that you took your story and, and you paid it forward. You know what I mean? You overcame it and, and now you're sharing it with other people. So if people want to get a hold of you or they want to get a copy of the book, Destination Awesome, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, so Destination Awesome, which the other thing I'll say really quick too about it is not just my story. The most fun part about writing the book was interviewing other people who went through challenges and they just have, there's great stories in there. So definitely pick it up because I think you'll love it. 
Um, but Destination Awesome sold in many bookstores, so you can do Amazon, Barnes Noble, um, just whatever your favorite bookstore is, online or brick and mortar. And then um, you can also find me on Facebook, Amy Muller. My, so my website is amymuller.com, and my Facebook is amymuller slash or dash Destination Awesome. But I'm going to spell Amy Muller because it's spelled really weird, and everybody spells it wrong. I've gotten much. it wrong. It took me many <laughs> years to get it right. So, yeah, please spell it. Yep. Otherwise, they'll probably not find it. So Amy is spelled A M. I-E-E, so I know that's totally weird, <laughs> A-M-I-E-E, and then Mueller looks like Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. So amymuller.com or amymuller-destinationawesome on Facebook. Yes, and uh, I called uh, you and Josh before we were really good friends, uh, the Mueller. Mueller's yeah. <laughs> many times, and Josh uh, Josh smacked me over the head once, I think, for calling him uh, Mueller like three times. Anyway, but uh, cool. Well, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate just, you know, authenticity, your drive, your all of that, and I just, I love the, the, the game that you're playing in your world and the way you're impacting every person whose life you touch. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for being you and, uh, and for adding value for others. Oh, right back at you. I mean, I'm just trying to follow your lead, Hal. Cool. All right, well, we'll, we'll get each other's back. All right, Achieve Your Goals <laughs> podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. Uh, if you like the Achieve Your Goals podcast, I just realized this is something I should say every week and I've probably never said it. Uh, but leave us a review. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Uh, it would mean a lot to uh, to me and to uh, all of the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the team, Nick Palkowski, the whole crew. So thank you. I love you. And uh, I will talk to you next week, everybody. Take care. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. So hopefully you've got some great takeaways in this interview between Hal and Amy. And now you're ready to really go take on some action and make a change in your world. So we want to know what were your big takeaways from this episode. Simply go to halelrod.com slash 087 and leave a comment there on the show notes page letting everyone know what your big takeaways were. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. Rating and reviews are the best way to help show your appreciation for the show because they help other people find out about the show and decide if it's right for them. So now the ball's in your court. It's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals.
If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.